T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Bears. Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Oh, yes. Whenever you hear that one song, it is always great to speak to that one man. And he is Mark Brody. And he joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline Signature Bank. Making commercial banking personal. Brody time! Hey, Mark, how are you, bud? Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Hall. Hope you guys are doing great this morning. What's going on? How are you doing? I am doing well. The day after, finally, things started to get going. You know, this we've all, in some way, shape, or form, Haw, been working for that moment yesterday where the season (laughs) is over and all we are talking about is the things that Ryan Poles is saying about trying to make this team better and not having to ever deal with a 10-game losing streak in a season like that again. So how much better will they get, Mark? If if you you know Dustin thinks they're going to win nine games next year, which I I was, uh, you know, you kind of freeze like what? I mean, they won three. Um, clearly, the losing will end at some point, right? They're going to get a pretty decent team together. They got money. They got the first pick. They should be able to add. Uh, I don't know eight starters, nine starters. How many do they need? And uh, and how much better does that signal? Yeah, I mean, you obviously are going to need a ton of new starters. But the thing that Ryan Pohl said yesterday was, and I guess any GM would have to say this, that there will be a measured approach to it. That just because they have all of that dough doesn't mean they're going to go crazy and spend it all, that they're going to be smart about it. They are still going to consider the the draft to be the place where they want to really build their team. So while it is the NFL, and I don't think Dustin is actually crazy for saying nine wins next year, I do think that we all saw this roster this year. We all endured the 10-game losing streak, and there are some serious holes on this team that can't just you can't just patch them up this year I mean there there was patchwork done last year and it didn't matter because the season was about what it was about but this year cannot be and I mean obviously there's going to be some positions where it's going to feel like they didn't uh you know get to a 10 and maybe it will look like or feel like patchwork but you know there there has to be 
a jump go- next year for sure. Where, where at the very least, at the very least, you feel like you are in the absolute correct direction. That the the following year you are going to be a force to be reckoned with. That you will have what you need to start to have some of that sustained success. And we're going to say it again going into next year. Will your quarterback fully develop? Because he took massive jumps this year, and then there are still some final phases to go for next year for this team to really take off, be good, be in the playoffs, and maybe get those nine or ten wins that Dustin was talking about. Grody, every team wants to be draft-driven. It's the NFL. Every general manager says that. So when you're Ryan Poles and you have the money that you have and the cap space that they enjoy, you're heading into free agency. I, I don't know if he needs to forecast it, but they do need to be aggressive. When you ha- are asked to list your blue chip players and your answer begins with a tight end who has 500 receiving yards, that tells you how wide the talent gap is between you and the playoff team. So I want him to be aggressive going into free agency. I know that's not always the cure-all, but the Bears have no other choice but to go in there and think about getting at least four starters in free agency. I'd love it if they did. I mean, the way he was talking yesterday, I don't know if that'll be the case, David. But And not, not to mention that you're right about the, the raving about Cole Komet yesterday a couple of times. And then when asked what are the priorities of this team, he, he went right to the to the red meat of the NFL. He said pass rushers, offensive line, and corners. And he didn't hesitate in saying it. And that's what a lot of GMs are thinking. Uh, but but he said it so uh, and we saw last year David that they the, one of the first things that they did was go to free agency and try to get their three technique in Larry Ogunjobi I don't know if he would have been a difference maker but they showed that they were wanting to spend the money same thing with the offensive line with the Ryan Bates thing even though that offer was matched by the Buffalo Bills and we saw him recently uh, you kind of get a glimpse into the kinds of things that Ryan Poles will be interested in spending money on. So hopefully that is the case. And, yeah, if you're going to go get those types of positions, especially at this point, you cannot go cheap on those, especially when you got the dough. Um, you know, I'm always interested in, uh, in, in some of the proposed trades, et cetera. I thought it was really interesting to see Roquan Smith sign a contract for $100 million. Um, and then, of course, the, to hear – um, Ryan Poles say that there's no buyer's remorse on the Chase Claypool trade. Um, I, I don't know if I'm connecting those two things. They just happened in such close proximity. What was your take? Yeah, I mean, on, on Claypool, he, I was a little surprised with the tone that Ryan Poles took on Chase Claypool, that he said that he's not blinking over his production. It was almost as if, hey, no big deal. Uh, and his reasoning was that he was dropped in here with a bunch of guys who had had a full training camp, who had had the games that they played before Chase Claypool got there. So it, it, there was some injury stuff with obviously with Justin Fields, you know, maybe in practice they didn't get to work together enough. So he he laid out all the the exterior excuses for Claypool. And as I've told you guys over and over, you know, Claypool did say to me that he can't wait for the OTAs and to have a full season. So. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I was a little surprised about that tone, but there's still going to be a ton of pressure on, on Chase Claypool. And as far as Roquan Smith is concerned, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, I, I mean, that is – I'm happy for anybody who bets on themselves 
and wins. It was weird how Roquan Smith went about it. There's no doubt about it with the Bears, with St. Brown and uh, whatever the guy's name is and all the stuff that he did representing himself, putting out the the statement for everybody to read about him essentially being one of the classic linebackers of the Chicago Bears. But guess who won in the end in terms of getting exactly what he wanted, Roquan Smith? And we'll see. We'll see if the Bears will eventually benefit from from what they did. But they do have to look at that and go, oh, interesting. Mark, it's always fun to interpret what was said at these kinds of end-of-the-season press conferences but it's also very telling at what wasn't said. And when Matt Eberflus was asked about staff changes, I feel like he said a lot by saying very little. I would expect staff changes based on his answer. Any ideas about where that might come and how many there might be? Yeah, I was interested in that as well. And this is the second time that Matt Eberflus has said, you know, we got to sit down and we got to talk and, hey, this is the NFL and things change every single year so something is coming and who knows man maybe he already had met with those coaches I don't know the specific changes but I think you do have to start with everybody and I think you have to have serious talk with Alan Williams the defensive coordinator and I'm not saying that he deserves to be let go but that was a unit that was bad this year and a lot of the reason the Bears lost 10 straight games was because the defense allowed offenses to do basically whatever they wanted he was bereft of talent on the defense with those guys with Ro- just talking about Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn um, and Khalil Mack and everything you want to talk about with that defense defense but they have to have a serious talk with him and then all of the assistants I mean and you know I think some of it too is you know there there should be with a team that was that poor this year there should be guys that are put on alert but also in the NFL I think part of what Matt Eberflus was talking about is guys do get promoted from those positions often guys move on for whatever reasons that is the nature of the NFL but if, if you don't take a serious look at especially the defensive staff, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, on, offensively, I mean, we know L- Luke Getze is safe. That is very clear. Justin Fields loves him. Uh, Matt Eberflus loves him. You leave that guy alone and hope that down the road, <laughs> for, for the Bears' sake anyway, that he doesn't get uh, taken away from you via the head coaching gig down the road. Um, there's a rumor out there, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I believe his cap number is over $30 million right now. That's because he's owed $11 million. I think his salary is nineteen point seven five. He He could be traded. He'll be 31, I believe, in June. He missed six games uh, because of a, of a PED uh, suspension to open last season. But he's a wildly productive player when he's available. Um, I, I don't know what they'd be looking for in terms of uh, – of a trade, but would that be a player that would kind of change uh, the Bears a little bit? I mean, you would slot him in as a number one and everybody fall in after him. I, I would think so, yeah. I mean, I think that that would be a good move, and I think those are the kinds of you know creative things that the Bears do have to look at with – this the the free agent class being what it isn't this year which was part of why they felt the need to do what they did with getting chase claypool here um yeah i think those are the moves that they wouldn't dare make last year that's for sure when that whole list of wide receivers we saw and one by one they were taken off the board and now here we are zeroing in on deandre hopkins again and i think that i think that he does i mean there is a little concern about the age but i think he still has some good years left in him and I think that that would be a really – and then you add somebody in the draft as well. Mm-hmm. We could be looking at a very promising – like going from what we were 
this year where the the Bears were depending on a lot of kind of no-name guys. It, it could look very promising next year as far as the wide receiver. But you, you, like you said, Molly, you would need somebody like DeAndre Hopkins to make everything fall into place. Mark, when Ryan Poles was asked about whether or not he would take a quarterback with the number one overall pick, he said he would have to be blown away to draft one. To me, that was as close of a commitment to Justin Fields as was necessary under those circumstances. Nothing he said made me question his commitment to Justin Fields yesterday necessarily. But what did you hear? And when you hear him talk about the need to improve in the passing game, is, is that just objectivity? Is that just uh, – I, I don't view that as a lack of commitment at all, even though some people might interpret it that way. No, I don't think it is at all. I mean, I think that what I really liked about a lot of the press conference yesterday is that it, that Ryan Poles did not insult anybody's sensibilities, that he saw what we saw. And there are lots of things that we don't see that they see as professionals in their jobs, but we all saw Justin Fields. He said Justin Fields did a good job. That's the exact right tone to take. He did a good job last year, and and he said that he has to get better as a passer. That That's what we all saw. That's what we all know. That's what Justin Fields is saying. So I thought that that was the exact right tone. He left just enough little space with the exact right uh, wording to say that he – I mean, I, I think that that would even satisfy Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Like if he's listening and he's thinking, oh, man, is, what's he going to say about the number one overall pick in me? And he said it had to be blown away by Bryce Young or Will Levis or, or any of the C.J. Stroud. So I, I, I would have, I'd probably say the same thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> when, when, I, when I actually do my in-depth studies, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, like in, unless one of these guys looks generational – then it's Justin Fields' gig. So I thought everything he said about Justin Fields checked out with what I was thinking about him and, quite frankly, what, what people in the locker room are probably thinking about Justin Fields as well. I, I love that. I, I, was it just one question for Flusi? And, it, and you know, he was just matter-of-factly, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to fire someone. I'll launch someone's ours. As soon as... No, you didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. But that's kind of what I heard. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that that if, if if we may, can we just stop this thing and ask Matt Eberflus a question really quickly? <laughs> I, I, I I will tell you, like, you, I, I've been in the 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 Theo Epstein Ted Hoyer <laughs> yeah, press conference. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, the, yeah, back in the day where it's Theo answering everything and Jed just kind of sitting patiently, looking a little uncomfortable, and I think media members feeling a little comfortable. I'll tell you what. I was not uncomfortable for Matt Eberflus yesterday because he looked very, very prominent and very happy to be there. And, like, he looked, he played the part well of the first lieutenant because he's got that Matt Eberflus look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that stern yeah. look, like, I am here for you if you need me. I got your back. I am your security. He's got the, the stern look. So I think he looked very comfortable in his place as first lieutenant to Ryan Poles. And quite frankly, when you're a coach and you just got done talking, you know five days a week or whatever it is and having to answer for this team Matt Eberflus was probably happy as could be to have somebody there to actually try to answer for this team so well they had the right very comfortable they had the right two guys at the podium they, they had the right two guys there this was a end of the season press conference that was without error without clumsiness or awkwardness and that to me was a win overall. Mark, question though. You talked about your in-depth studies that you're going to do. When you do those, I wonder <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to publish those, but if there if you have to 
answer the question that Ryan Poles was asked yesterday about blue chip talent. Does your list start with Cole Komet? Who would be at the top of <laughs> who who would be at the top of your list right under Justin Fields? In terms of blue uh, chip players on this roster that's yeah, right, coming back right, for next right, year right. right now. I'll be honest, it probably would not have been Chase Claypool that I would have mentioned right off the bat. I mean, we we learned that I, I guess blue chip Justin Fields, um, uh, Jaquan Brisker, maybe Kyler Gordon. Um, Jalen Johnson. What about Jalen Johnson? Jalen uh, Johnson for sure. Yes. Ja oh my God, Jalen Johnson. Just because he's been gone, you forget yep. about him. Jalen Johnson, blue chip, absolutely. I guess Eddie, can Eddie Jackson be that? that be, because yeah. he's a veteran. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Jackson is a possibility. Obviously, there's nobody on the defensive line. Nobody on the ends. Uh, I, well, <laughs> Jack Sanborn, obviously, blue chip prospect. Um, no. <laughs> No, no, I I have to always like give the discount. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, but who knows what Jack Sanborn will become? So that's that's yeah, that's really about it. And I probably wouldn't have started with Cole Komet, but I will say that this adds up with the way Matt Eberflus and the assistants talked about Cole Komet this year. I mean, Cole Komet and David Montgomery seem to be the two guys that were consistently graded the highest in terms of when they would talk about guys and say this is th those are the two guys that sort of represent the most of what they stand for. So that that's why, you know, the, I wasn't shocked they were raving about Cole Komet, but I don't know if I would put him there. I, I'm curious, Mark. I, I was surprised at the candor of one Justin Jones at the uh, at the the um, the exit interviews yeah. and saying that there was a lot of constructive criticism and that he talked about the communication issues. It was it was really interesting because I really hadn't. I just had thought of the front seven more or less as like I replaced that. But they apparently went through some hard times because they weren't communicated with, and they felt bad about it, and they and they let the coaches know about it, which all of that surprised me. Um, what was your takeaway from his comments? Yeah, I I was very surprised, very surprised. Uh, you know, just listening to I was I was obviously there that day, and it's like, huh, wow, he he is into something here and what we're able to find out in the locker room is that you know that they just were not happy about the the Roquan Smith trade that was a big deal to them and he, and to a slightly lesser level Robert Quinn they they felt like they were I don't know blindsided I guess blindsided probably is a pretty good way to put it they felt like that now it's one of those situations where Ryan Poles has to play the sorry not sorry card and polls is still at that point in his career where he does feel that stuff like the human side of things but i do think that that was what it was all about and not you know not feeling like saying there's an open door policy but kind of saying there's not really an open door policy and that unfortunately that was not one of the things that we're able to to get to yesterday in the limited time i wish we would have and i'm sure that down the road i, I promise you i will ask about that well, and try to find out in that context grody then isn't it a contradiction to embrace this idea that the bears have this healthy culture if that's what they're leaning yeah, yeah, into absolutely. at the end of the season and you have a player like justin jones as outspoken as he is is citing chapter and verse about how there are grievances and that is his word yeah. that he used yeah absolutely a hundred percent and they these teams knock you know hit us over the head with the culture talk because 
because they know that they're bad on the field. So the last thing they can do, the last thing they could do is lose the locker room. So they got to tell us how good the practices are. They got to tell us how good the culture is. They got to tell us how good these teams, this, these guys have been during the 10 game losing streak when quite frankly, that wasn't all true. And why would it be true? You lost 10 straight games. There had to have been some issues with the, if, if you even want to call it the culture, I'd call it human nature. That when you lose like that, when you're losing players like that, and you're left to answer for it and to not have those guys by your side, I mean, I think it's human nature to get a little upset. That's why when the the Chase Claypool thing, I I know, uh, David, you and I don't agree on the the Claypool thing, but that's why when that went down, I I was actually like, I'm okay with, with somebody, and even Chase Claypool, overheating on the sideline and then saying subsequently what he did say because it ain't like even though all that happened even though it's quote-unquote okay it was not okay a lot of times the way the Bears played this year and you don't get a complete pass um you know what's interesting is he talks about Jones and he he um he felt that you know he led the team in tackles for a lot I think they're upgrading that position but Jones is a guy that would fit with them he's and he's under contract for another year he also talked about Riley Reef of all yeah. people, and I, and it made me wonder: Do they see like a a potential swing tackle role for him moving forward? They probably want to get a starter at right tackle, but could he actually stick around? Or am I reading too much into his? Comments? I I would say probably not, yeah. but not out of the question. And I, I only say that because I thought that his comment. This is the way I read it anyway. Yeah. That that he was saying like just what a help. Riley Reef was kind of a thank. Hey, thank you for all that you did. That and 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 he did though. Like when they after the Washington game, the famous mini buy. You know, Riley Reef. That that's about where Larry Borum. I know Borum was injured, but then he never reclaimed his starting job at the right tackle. And that wasn't just because of injury. That right. was because he was struggling. And Riley Reef restored order. So I think that was part of what it is. So he knows he could do it. You know, and and yeah, I guess it, he probably wouldn't hurt as a depth piece. And we don't know if Riley Reef wants to continue to play. I mean, I know how much he talks about how much he loves football and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, you know, I think that that was more of just a thumbs up to what he did this season for that team. Yeah, it was more of a self congratulations on a great free agent signing. Probably, probably. I'm good stuff, Mark. <laughs> Mark, you're the best, buddy. Always Talk a joy. To, All right, always pal. a joy. See God you guys. Bye. That is our guy, Mark Grody. Always fun to talk to Mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.